Hello and welcome to today's video. Today we will talk about exploratory data analysis. Specifically, we will be talking about summarizing data and we will be discussing some parameters like central tendency, dispersion, etc. And like every other video, we will also have a walkthrough in R, but as a supplementary video to this one. Now, before we start talking about summarizing data, let me try to explain what is exploratory analysis. Suppose that you have a data set of 1000 rows or 1 million rows and you are asked a question about that data set. For example, if it is a uh, data about students and their body mass index and if you are asked, are these students healthy? One way of course to answer this question is going line by line and marking if everyone is healthy or not and then counting. But there are smarter ways. And this is where exploratory data analysis comes into picture. When you have a large amount of data, there are certain parameters which give you very specific information about the data without going through the individual rows of data itself. Let us start by summarizing qualitative variables. If you remember, qualitative variables are those on which arithmetic operations are not valid. Whenever you are dealing with qualitative variables, we usually count. If it's a single variable, we count the occurrences of individual values of that single variable. For example, here, low, medium, high, how many times are they occurring? And if more than one variables are involved, we take a combination of those two variables. So let's say yes and high, then yes and low, and yes and medium, and similarly no and high, and no and low, and no and medium, and so on. Now coming to quantitative variables, that is numerical variables, when we are dealing with one variable, we usually are interested in the shape or the range or the density and so on. On the right hand side, I have shown four graphs. The first one is called histogram and it shows how many times a particular number or a particular range of number is occurring in the data set. So here, this range are occurring in, in more quantity and this range they are occurring in more quantity. The similar thing is reflected in density plot as well, where you see that the density is higher on these places. And the third one is cumulative plot. The cumulative plot is used when you want to understand whether something is less than or more than, or how many items are less than or more than to a certain amount of number of things. So for example, uh, if we talk about distribution of let's say weights of students in a class we start with the weight of the first student and then when we go to the second student we add the second student's weight to the previous student's weight and then plot this one and when we go to the third one we add the third student's weight to the previous amount that we received and gradually we start drawing the plot sometimes you may want to compare you may want to combine let's say quantitative and qualitative variable together and want to compare. For example, in this particular graph, here we have shown the distribution 
by gender. If you want to understand how the, let's say, weight of students differ between two genders, you can see this easily by drawing two histograms of different categories to compare. And finally, whenever we talk about two quantitative variables, we are always interested in trying to find out the relationship between them and a scatter plot helps us in doing that. Sometimes we also use line plots, especially whenever in one axis we have time related stuff. For example, in this graph we, have, we are showing unemployment rate by year. So we want to show the progress of a certain element by year. In that case, we can use line chart or we can also use bar chart. So the takeaway is whenever there are two quantitative variables involved, we try to find out the relationship between them. To repeat, when qualitative variables are involved, we try to find out the number of times they are occurring, that is their frequency. When quantitative variables are involved, if it is one variable, we try to understand their shape and cumulative uh, frequency and so on. And whenever there are two variables, two quantitative variables involved, we always try to find out the relationship between them. Now, there are different ways to find that. We will dig into those much later when we cover some advanced topics. This is called central location. So when you have a number of uh, data and you want to say one particular number that is kind of representative of all the numbers, then we use what is called a central location. And when we talk about central location, there are three kinds. First one is average. Average means all the digits and divide it by the number of data. So in this case, we just add up all the individual data and divide it by the number of data and we arrive at four. So if you sum it up, it becomes 60 and there are 15 numbers. There's another central tendency parameter, which is called median. Median means if you order this, this data from smallest to largest, the number that occurs in the middle is called the median. In this case, four is the median. There are equal number of elements on both left and right. And the third one is called mode. Mode is the element which occurs the highest number of times in the data set. In this case, it is one which is occurring four times. So these are central tendencies. Just like central tendencies, there are some non-central locations which provide information about non-central locations. So how do we get that? We again arrange the numbers from smallest to largest and then we try to find out up to which range 25% of the total number of data is covered and then this element becomes the element of 25th percentile, first quartile. Similarly, we if we go 25% further, we get the second quartile and that is actually the median because it is the central most number. If you remember from the previous one, 
median is the one that is that occurs at the center of the data set after the data set has been ordered similarly if we go further we get the third quartile and if we go further we get the largest one of course so these were the central and non-central locations now we'll talk about dispersion dispersion is what provides information about the spread of the data by spread if you focus on the graph on the right hand side you see the red one is spread less than the blue one and that is what is meant by the spread of data the simplest measure of spread is given by range so for example in this data set we have three numbers three six and nine and the range is 3 to 9. The second one is called variance. Variance provides information about how far the digits are from the mean of the data set or the average of the data set. So in this example, we have three numbers, 3, 6 and 9 and their average is 6. So what you do is you take the difference of the average and the number so here in this case it is 3 and in here in this case 6 minus 9 is it becomes minus 3. So since there is a possibility of minus involved we square that number. So here we have 3, here we have minus 3 and then Finally, we also have 6 minus 6, that is 0. So, to repeat, we first average the number and then we find the distance of that average from the individual numbers in the data set. So, in the first example, the difference from the mean is 3 because 6 minus 3 is 3. In the second one, 6 minus 6 is 0, and in the third one, 6 minus 9, it is minus 3. And then you square those numbers. So 3 becomes 9, minus 3 also becomes 9, and 0 becomes 0. And then you add up those numbers and divide it by the number of digits minus 1. If you do not understand this, no need to worry. R has inbuilt function. What is important for you to understand is that Variance describes what is the spread of data. More the variance, more the data is spread. Now coming to standard deviation. Standard deviation is derived from variance. So the square root of variance is standard deviation. And again, you don't need to go in, into the detail of the formula, but you need to understand that standard deviation describes the spread of the data, how spread the data is. Now there is a fourth parameter called the coefficient of variance which is mostly used while comparing variables in different units. So for example if you have two sets of data, one describing length of something in inches and another describing length of another thing in meters and you want to understand which one has more spread, in that case, you use what is called coefficient of variance. And it is calculated by 
dividing this standard deviation with mean as simple as that again you do not need to remember any formula or anything r has inbuilt functions that will help you calculate these however it is very important to understand what do these mean or what do these things indicate and again dispersion or all these parameters mentioned here describe the spread of the data how widely are the spread are they spread that is what is described by these parameters now we come to shape shape as you can see here there can be three types one is symmetric where mean equals to mode equals to median or it can be negatively skewed that is left skewed or positively skewed that is right skewed there is a coefficient called pearson coefficient of skewness which can already provide this information without even drawing the plot so if pearson coefficient of skewness equals to zero the data is symmetric if it is greater than zero it is positively symmetric and if it is less than zero it is negatively symmetric this is also reflected in what is called as a box plot so this line that you see here is the maximum range this line is the minimum range and this is the median so this means most of the elements or most of the data in this particular data set is focused around this value so it is an indication of the shape itself so if you convert it into a graph like a density plot you will its shape will be like this because you see most of the population is towards the higher end of the range so it's a negatively skewed data now you may ask why do we need to do so many things so many calculations why can't we simply do just one of them let's say mean and variance why did we talk about graphs and so many other parameters of dispersion shape and all i think this example will clarify the reason why we need to do it so have a look at this data set and we let's say we have a data set which has a mean of 9 all of them have a mean of 9 i mean there are two values in that two columns in the data set one is x other is y and mean of x is 9 for all the four data sets and mean of y is 7.5 in all the data set variance of x that is how spread they are variance of x is 11 in all the data sets and variance of y is 4.1 in all the data set there may be a general tendency or you may tend to believe that these are all same data but is it true let's see well if we talk about medians we find that the median of y differs median of x also differs but if in the first three they are same last one is different median of y is different maximum of x differs in the last case and max of y differs in each case so it is evident that these are not the same data to explain further these are the graphs that will 
show how different the datas are. So this is actually the first data. This is the second, this is the third, and this is the fourth. You see the data are completely different from each other. And this is why it is very important to make sure that you closely watch all these exploratory parameters and also draw graphs. Without these, I insist, without plotting a graph, without understanding the exploratory parameters, please never proceed further with the analysis. Always, always draw graphs. Well, that brings us to the end of this video. Thank you very much for watching and I hope you enjoyed this video. I would really appreciate your feedback on this and I would also appreciate if you please show your support by subscribing, liking 